Hey, we're live and welcome back. And today I'm joined by the lovely Jane Baylor and we are going to be talking about surviving uh, the corporate life. You've had a, quite an interesting background there, which I come on to surviving breast cancer and then going into, well, I've said business, but really I, I feel like it's just, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're doing it, Jane. So I'm excited for today um, to find out a little bit more. I, I know you spent 20 years um, you know, in business and uh, working for some real big global companies such as uh, well, ITV, British Airways, Coca-Cola, but tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing, you know, your time about you. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Matt. And I have to say, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. So, uh, so where did it all begin? So I'll, I'll just talk about the career stuff, because obviously, I don't want to bore everybody about, you know, my history before that. Um, so I, yeah, I started working in media and entertainment pretty early. I, I left university and sort of had a little bit of a dabble in the film industry and in theatre, and I was working as an art director. But I realized that I had more to offer than just the design stuff. And, and I was really interested and fascinated by the, by the topic of marketing. So I kind of slid in by the back door into the advertising um, industry. And I think people, they tend to pigeonhole you in that environment. They just see what you're good at and they say, oh, you know, let's put her there. So I ended up in this in this role where I was developing business and I was running accounts for, you know, as you said, global brands like uh, British Airways and um, ITV and Discovery Networks. And yeah, I mean, lots of different big Coca-Cola, big household names. So I I ended up doing that and it was um, I worked for some different companies. I worked for an events company. I worked for, as you said, a global advertising agency and a television company. So I had kind of quite an interesting background by the time I came to this opportunity that was really life changing. Um, which was, uh, I was actually invited into this design business. It was a London design business. And they asked me to be MD, but the business itself was actually falling apart. It'd been a very successful business, very creatively acclaimed, but uh, they, it was a partnership. And one of the two partners had left to go to New York and work for a rival company. So they, they, the partners had been at loggerheads with one another. And even though there was a good business there and they had a steady stream of clients, uh, turnover of just walking through the door, million pounds or so a year. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad business, but the whole legal fight between the two of them had meant that it had slightly fallen apart. And so he was kind of on his knees and he said, can I come in and work with him to build this thing back up? And he was tired and he wanted to sell it. And at that particular time, I had uh, I was a single parent. I was exhausted, too. I've been traveling all around the world, commuting from my home in Hertfordshire to central London with these children, not really seeing the children. And I just saw that as the way out. So I, I said, yes. I mean, he had to. He still paid me quite a lot of money and gave me a profit share and gave me shares in the business. So I was incentivized to build it back up. Um, but for me, it was um, it was a good enough incentive. And I saw the opportunity. And what happened is um, really it was spectacularly successful. And within a couple of years, we'd we'd built it from we'd grown it from one to six million. And then we sold it to a U.S communications group called into public the year after 
So that really gave me uh, an exit and gave me some time and some money to actually make up for lost time with my children who had really become strangers to me by that time. Um, and so, yeah, that was it. And then I exited uh, about a year later and the rest is history because that was when I started just running my own businesses and doing things for myself as opposed to really kind of working to support other people in that global um, branding environment. So you, you started um, a children. It was um, a, a children's education business. So that yeah, that, that based around your your own children or just something? You know, I really want to do this. Yeah, well, actually, my I came from um, uh, my mother was a teacher, so I came from a family that was let's just say very focused on education and. I realized when I had children that uh, I actually really cared about this stuff as well. I really wanted to equip them with a good education, the best education that I could. And so with my business skills that I already had, I, I just saw that there was an opportunity. So in the area that I lived in, which was quite a wealthy area because it was um, in 11 plus area as well, most of the parents, about nearly all, I'd say like 95% of the parents would get tuition for their children in year five. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll start up this business. It's only going to be year five. I'm not going to do anything else. It's going to be year five, 11 plus an entrance exam uh, preparation. And I just set it up as a really nice little business with recurring revenues. If I took a uh, child on, the parents, would they'd have to pay for the year. They'd pay monthly. Uh, ran it as groups. Um, I had the local sick formers to help me. And then when my children got a bit older, they'd also help a bit. So they really worked with the children. And I tended to kind of just liaise with the parents and do the business side of things. So that was actually a really nice little business. Um, and it served me very well for a, a few years. And the other thing that happened is I just shoveled my own children into there as well. So they basically got you know good education free education and they were around that uh well i mean not just an educational um environment but also an entrepreneurial environment so i mean they've grown up with that but i think there came a time when i just thought you know what i just want to go back to my roots my children were getting older this was a local business it was um i wanted to go online and be location independent really so that was when I, I kind of wound it down a little bit. I passed it on to a friend of mine um, and she ran it for a while. And, you know, I just I just got some of the profits from that. And then at the same time, I just started developing um, my other stuff, really, which was my property business that I've had for some time now. And also my um, Smart Connector podcast, my Facebook group, my uh, coaching, mentoring, training, and the Ideal Client Success Program, which is one of the things that I'm focusing on right now. So in a, in a nutshell, in a potted nutshell, that's it really, Matt. Thank you for asking. No, that's brilliant. And it, it's, it's, nice. it's lovely to hear how, you know, how it has evolved, really. And um, just some of the things you said about, you know, where you were a single mum. And I, I guess, things do take a toll at some point and we have to make these decisions you know I, I found for myself it's just things just go so much out of balance at some point and then we have oh, to bring yeah. it away and it settles down and then you know what i'm i'm happy i'm happy with you know everything that's going on around me and um and the the reason why so was that change um 
you know, what what was that reason why into you know developing now to the smart connector? What what's brought you to the, the you know that that side of things? Yeah, so so I we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but I had a series of very, very difficult experiences. You know, it hasn't all been a bed of roses. I've definitely had some ups and downs, but um, there was a time where a lot of things happened all at once and uh, they were actually very painful. So one of the things is that my husband had lost his business, which uh, was very difficult, uh, caused some problems for us. Um, and at the same time, we had also invested with some developers in property and that was going wrong. So some let's just say some big stresses had kind of moved into our lives at that particular time. Um, and things have been pretty stable and pretty kind of rosy for a while. So, you know, it just was a coincidence this had happened. Then I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that kind of set in chain a whole series of operations, chemotherapy, um, all sorts of things. So all of suddenly all of this stress was all happening all at once. And uh, then my husband actually had an affair and ran off overnight to live with his uh, mistress, his girlfriend, who I didn't even know about. Um, so all of these things kind of happened all at once. And then the life that I thought I had was just, that was it, it was no more. I mean, just so many things had changed in such a, a short space of time. So during that time, I really had to reflect on, look, how on earth did I get here? You know, like I had, I'd done all of this great stuff. You know, I'd sold the business. Um, I'd done what I thought was the best thing for my children. I'd continued to grow businesses, run businesses. You know, like, why has all this happened? And I, I really um, had to do some soul searching. And what I realized is that I hadn't prioritized the quality of the of my relationships enough. I had really misjudged the power of connection. And I had let people into my life, and I do actually include my ex-husband in this, even though we did have some good times together as well. But to be honest, um, you know, my standards were too low. They were just too low. And I look back and I saw that as a consistent pattern in my life. And I know that we've we've had other conversations about addiction and, and all of that, Matt. And it, I know and I traced it back and I know that it went right back to my childhood because, you know, I had some addiction issues in my family growing up. And what that means is that I was technically what's called an ACOA. So I was an adult child of alcoholic, which kind of means that your brain is wired slightly differently and your patterns of relating to people are not always that healthy. You know, you, you do need people like me. We need help and support to relate, you know, to the right people in the right way. Otherwise, we're really at risk of falling into the wrong relationships. And so despite all of the things that I knew that I had done right, this was something that I had done wrong. And I'd done it wrong in business and I'd done it wrong in life. Um, and so from John Martini, who I absolutely love and I interviewed recently on my podcast, he says, every void creates values. So, you know, the, the uh, let's just say everything had crumbled to nothing. And out of that became uh, really this, this unshakable um, conviction that nothing is more important to our success 
and our well-being and our happiness in business and in life than connection. So the smart connector really was born from that. Wow, what a story, Jane. And thank you so much for sharing because you know <laughs> it's the hard times, isn't it? That they, oh. they don't define us, but they they really shape us and mold us into who we are. Um so I guess that's 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 about several challenges in, in one. And how yeah. did like what like not to go on it too much, but can you remember what that defining moment was when you said no, I'm not. This is this is who I'm going to be now. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so I mean, literally, I'd reached rock bottom. You know, I had reached mm. this point where it's like, what, what the hell is happening? Like, what on earth is happening to me? And I was just, you know, my mind was spinning. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I was just so sad i was i was in this very prolonged um feeling of grief you know because i'd actually i'd lost my home i'd lost um you know my husband i'd lost my health i'd lost money um i'd i'd lost so much in such a short space of time and so i would say that emotionally i had reached rock bottom uh, for me personally. Now, I mean, I I always, um, you know, I always am very, very grateful for my life. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I was suicidal. No, I never, ever went there because I know what a gift life is having, you know, come through the cancer journey. And I know that I, you know, whatever happened, I wanted to live. I wanted to be there for my children and I wanted to turn this, you know, difficult situation around. But, um I think sometimes we have to be humbled before we kind of really make big changes, let's just say. So um, so I just got to this point and I got some help from, uh, you know, a couple of, of people. And I actually went to the US for a, an intervention, um, which was very, very uh, powerful. Um, and... To cut a long story short, um, I just realized that the answer lay in this in this issue of authentic connection and actually really, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can say it in a different way, but I just don't think that anything matters more than the, you know, the quality of the people that you surround yourself with and the quality of your relationships dictates the quality of your life 100%. And it also dictates the success of your business. So having reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm zero tolerant, zero tolerant now. I am that person that, you know, and it's not in a selfish way, but I always look to create a lot of value for others. And if I now I have a kind of radar for people that are just looking to use or exploit me. And I didn't really have that before. So, you know, I, I look very, very much for people who have the same values, who are good people, giving people, caring people. And I notice them now. And um, as a result, ever since that day, every single relationship, every single person that I've brought into my business or life, I have yeah, had a really overwhelmingly positive experience with. I've never, ever had a bad experience since then, not a single one. So, uh, well, if I have, actually, that that is a bit of a lie. That is a bit of a lie. But 
what happened because of course there are always going to be people who turn up turn up and they you you think they're okay and then they turn out not to be okay and so i've had a few of those but the thing is i haven't let them take up a permanent position in my life that's a thing so um so i've got a lot lot better and a lot wiser at that and i just wish that you know i had learned those lessons earlier in life because um you know i wouldn't have had to have gone through that pain but hey having been through it we are spiritual beings having a human experience as my one of my friends ellen cleans often says so i'm grateful for all those lessons and i love to be able to bring them to other people as well uh, i'm smiling and nodding because i resonated with <laughs> to everything <laughs> you said um, really? yeah, yeah and i think I guess when life changes for whatever reason, for everything you've been through, we, of course we go through a period, of, we go for grief. We just go for that grief curve and at the bottom is that depression thing. I, I remember from um, my own experience, uh, Jane, I, I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to live. It was horrible. And it just, everything yeah. was just falling apart, it, it felt like. But I think you're right. Yeah. I think you need, like me personally, and I guess the same, you need to just get to the bottom of that you know, wherever it was of that journey. And some, and then, right, now I can start climbing out. And sometimes it just back down again and just kept going like this <laughs> on a daily basis. Yeah, and it, up and down. And, <laughs> and, and I think the connection, yeah, I agree. I think, I guess there's always going to be that one that slips under the radar. But I feel, I guess it sounds like you, you pick up on the red flag and it's like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks now, which is... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, you mentioned red flags. And most definitely, I think, you know, we have to be able to read other people. And I think we also have to be able to trust other people. So I think in the first instance, it's just awful to be one of those people that is just cynical and suspicious and untrusting the whole time, uh, just believes the world is full of enemies. <clears throat> <clears throat> Um, and we all know people like that. Um, so I think you've got to maintain that kind of youthful sort of approach, you know, just that open minded and that kind of fresh, you know, perspective. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be very, very aware of when those red flags uh, arise and what those red flags look like um and be very very conscious to just you know close it down in the best possible way or confront and challenge depending on uh you know where, where you are so i'm i'm pretty quick to do that now yeah good and, and to be honest I, I kind of took it the on the context that hey I, I see a red flag um perhaps i'm wrong but you know what my gut is saying something else if i'm wrong i'm wrong but it, it's you know what it's just i think that seeds there now so it's, it's just better to say, yeah, let's cut it off, uh, just from my point of view. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I read some. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I like to see the good in people. I, you know, like you said, I'd like to have that open yeah. mind. I believe we've all got it in us. But it, it just I just feel that red flag is more saying this isn't going to work out between us or whatever, for whatever reason, does it be business, friendship, anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so I actually read something the other day that said that people find it very, very hard to maintain a facade beyond three to four months. So um, three to four months into any relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, a business relationship, a friendship or whatever, the real person starts to emerge. So, you know, it is a fallacy that we can be absolutely right about somebody from day one. 
we can approach them with an open mind. We can, in a spirit of interest and inquiry and, you know, uh, be very, very trusting and extend our trust to them in the beginning. But within three to four months, we will know uh, we will know whether that person is somebody with integrity, and really, that's that's what I'm talking about. It's it's integrity and and that uh, you know that that sense of of actually wanting to make a positive difference to the lives of others rather than just enrich themselves personally. Yeah, I love it, Jane. I love it. Great, really great advice. I, I absolutely love that. Um, and it sounds like you, um, you kind of where you're talking on connection. It's not, like I think you've kind of touched on it, as in it's on all levels. I guess spiritual, or however anyone would see that as well, and just how you're feeling within yourself. Is that you know as a add-on? Yeah. So I always say that connection exists on three levels. So there's connection to self and connection to self is also connection to a higher power or is, is your spiritual, um, you know, intuition. It's it's uh, whatever it is that is your guiding light, your North Star that's that's within you. Uh, that and people, obviously, some people for them, it's very much about God or uh, you know, their, their gods or whatever. And for other people, it's about the universe. It's about intuition. You can call it whatever you like, but there is a kind of divine guidance um, that we, we really must uh, pay attention to and honor. And I think what happens today is that uh, a lot of people are so distracted by just the business of life that we don't really take the time to reflect and listen to that quiet inner voice because that inner voice sometimes is very quiet. Um, and I personally, when I look back, I think, you know, the times when I really have listened to that voice, uh, that voice has been right. And when I've ignored that voice because I've just fallen into somebody else's agenda or reality or perception of me or need to make me feel less than for whatever reason of their own, that is where I've gone wrong. So that's really connection to self. And then connection to others is the your interpersonal um, skills and, and relationships. So how you actually build a relationship with, with people one-to-one -one and how you listen, how you... Um, how you really respond to their needs, their agendas, their values, um, in order to build that trust and that connection. Because again, I'm sure that you know, and everybody knows a lot of people that they do this so wrong. They just talk about themselves incessantly. Um, they don't really uh, look to create uh, value or to find out what actually matters to another person. Um, and they are just, um, what one of my mentors said, they're just splashing in a sea of their own pain. So what they do, ah, like that. And then and then you get all wet as well, because that's all that that's all they can see. So <laughs> so the connection to, to to others means stepping outside of that. And then, of course, the connection to many is when it starts to get technical. And that's the thing that I help with my others with with my ideal client success program, which is really how can I actually build on that connection and be that person that goes out there and, uh, you know, creates a, a, a genuine rapport um, out there in the wider world that makes people see us as a leader, makes them feel that we are inspiring them and brings them closer to us and in a commercial sense and makes them want to actually have what we have. 
So that's connection to many. I hope I that makes sense. That. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. I think listening is, uh, it's, it's not, I don't think it's an easy skill for many. No, it isn't. And and I think one thing is also that there's an awful lot of undiagnosed uh, mental um, and psychological impairments. So, for example, my my sister is is very uh, she she has ADHD and, um, you know, that obviously means that it's very hard for her to concentrate on what other people are saying and, and her, you know, her concentration, her attention drift, which can sometimes make people feel as though they don't matter. So, um, so, you know, people have to have an awareness of their own uh, selves, let, let's just say, before they can really, um, you know, develop that a genuine and authentic connection with others and recognize those things in themselves that might be uh, problematic in terms of that creating that disconnect. And as a corollary of that, my nephew has Asperger's and his parents have always been so conscious of, of you know, his impairment in, in that respect. And they work with him really from when he was very young to equip him with the social skills um, and the conversational skills. And as a result, and this is very, very touching, he's actually gone in for a career in hospitality, which I really love because he now knows, look, I am somebody who is, I'm very polite. I know how to make conversations. I know how to make people feel good about themselves. I know what to say to have a conversation rather than having that kind of, you know, just talking at them for <laughs> about the rugby scores back to all black schools back to, to you know 1971 or something <laughs> which he would otherwise do so um so yeah it's it's an interesting subject for sure thank you uh, and, yeah no 100% actually just reminded me of um um it's, it's a client of mine but he's, he's been on my podcast twice his, his name's Charlie Morehouse I think maybe a good guest for you but he's um he has Asperger's and he's set himself on a, a quite a mission now to do his own videos talking about his experience and Jane, I learned so much just from listening to him. Wow. Made me think, yeah, and he's like how he's coped with it. And I thought, I'm going to take that tool and use that for me. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're right, actually. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of things we just don't understand. And what's it they say in the seven habits? Um, seek first to understand to be understood. So, oh, so. yeah, yeah, that's my absolute favorite book of all time. And yes. that guy, Stephen Covey, oh you know what would I have done to have had an audience with him I just love that whole book from start to finish I know it's very in-depth very good very very mm -hmm. good so uh, what's been I don't know whether it be one of your guests or uh, have you got someone that's been like your biggest inspiration or it may have evolved and changed over time yeah, so I recently uh, did my hundredth um, interview on the Smart Connector podcast with Dr. John Demartini, um, and I love I love his thinking, his wisdom, and for me it was such a privilege to be able to interview him face to face because when I when I learned about his uh, some of his um, thinking, let's just say I. I really the scales fell from my eyes in in many respects in terms of uh, my own perspective and you, particularly this issue of connections. So, you know, for example, I referenced him earlier. He he talked about voids creating values. So 
anything that is absent in your life uh, then becomes a priority for you. So if you don't have money, you're you know, if, if the depth of your pain around something becomes then the depth of your motivation to achieve that. If you don't have money, you really want to have money. And the more you feel the pain of not having money, the more money becomes a priority, for example. Um, so voids create values. And then another thing that uh, he said is this thing about, you know, your values are not something like I mean, look, if somebody says to me, what's your values? So I, I would say love, courage and truth. So I have like a top three values are love, courage and truth. So every day, am I being loving? Am I being truthful? Am I being courageous? So that is a, a certain type of values. That's how you kind of define yourself. But the values that he talks about are really just kind of your priorities and what's most important to you at any given time. And he talks about uh, he talks about so many interesting things, but um, it made me realize why, for example, the marriage between myself and my uh, ex-husband was never really um, as happy as I would have liked, simply because we just wanted different things out of life. And uh, no matter how much you talk around the surface issues um, and about how, you know, look, you know, I think you ought to be... Um, you know, spending more time, uh, spending more time itemizing, uh, you know, things from the supermarket and keeping a lid on our expenditure or anything like that. It's like, well, look, if somebody doesn't care about that, they don't care about it. And they're never going to care about it. Right. So you have to talk to people if you want to influence them through their values, through the things that are really genuinely important to them. And if you can't do that and if you're unwilling to do that, then really you are not fit to have uh, or to be in an intimate relationship. So, so many people, they just go through life just living side by side. Um, we all know that. Um, and living in this kind of marriage or this relationship of convenience. And I think uh, for me, engaging really deeply with his work made me understand, you know, he is a, an expert really in the field of human potential, how important your values are to that, um, to that particular, you know, subject. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I, and I guess, again, it's just one of those things we just learn through experience that how we do connect with people. Um, and, and I think staying in things like that, for whatever reason, it actually, I think it just, it can become toxic, but also I think it just becomes unfair to, to everybody. Yeah. It becomes really, you know, quite unfair. So, you know, no, good, good. Um, so, uh, I mean, we, we, I'm not a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I do get quite engrossed in all the the internationals, and that's when I start learning who the who's the footballers at the moment. <laughs> so, yes, so, me too. And and just listening to what you've been saying um, about connecting, and, I, and just my opinion is, wow what a team you know the england team has done for the country to bring people together my my eldest son he's, he's not very particularly sporty but he's been going crazy watching the football absolutely loving it so um and obviously unfortunately there's been a lot of controversy um following the the results but what's your take on that uh, uh, quite interesting to see what your take is on the whole england uh, football and in terms of the connection and what what they've done 
Yeah, well, well, look, I mean, everybody knows that, that those mass events like football and music and so on, they are the epitome of connection because you get all of these people together in one place and that energy is incredibly contagious. And so I, I think it was very poignant, really, the, the you know, the recent um, events and, you know, the fact that England got so far um, you know, until obviously the, the defeat by Italy. So um, I, for me, it was really lovely and really refreshing to see people enjoying themselves, getting excited about, uh, you know, just getting that kind of spirit back in into their lives, really, because it's been very sad to see all those empty football stadiums and, you know, know that performers were not allowed to to go out and do their stuff and actually entertain and and create all that incredible value for their for their fans. Um, so I, I really love that aspect of it. Um, of course, like many people, I thought it was very sad when Mar Marcus uh, Rashford, um, he was obviously everybody's favourite. And then all of a sudden he uh, lost the, the penalty shootout, didn't he? And then um, and then he started getting trolled. And I think that was just horrible. And it's just, um, yeah, I mean, there is no place for attitudes like that in a civilised society. I mean, the poor guy, you know, what, what a, a, a difficult situation to be in. So I felt very, very sad for him. But I was also quite touched by the level of support as well and the people that came out, um, you know, to, to support him and to voice their views really about about how ridiculous um you know this kind of racism and and i mean victimization really is it is uncalled for definitely yeah i to totally agree jane it you know obviously it would have been nice for england to win i think the team the players the manager they all deserve to win just yeah. for how, how they've howled themselves uh, they seem to me they've come across very humble i think yeah their role their role models for our children for all children and i think what i, I i'm not disrespecting any other that's gone come before but i feel that these have been some of the best role models in the public eye that we could yes. possibly for, for our children and how they've even conducted themselves after yeah. you know this this these stupid things that have been said as a country it would have been nice but i guess as a country we're not quite ready we weren't quite and i know it we can say it's a minority but i think do you know what we got to stop saying it's a minority oh it's only the minority it's almost like cushioning it that's why i'm going off on one <laughs> i do apologize but it's, I, I think no can't only it's only a minority is not good enough anymore and i and thank god people have jumped in and condemned it and i really hope they can these people need to be arrested basically ideal world they'd be sent to another country and listen you go and walk in someone else's shoes for a little while go and you know help out in um you know somewhere um so in that sense i hope as a positive from this that they can it it highlights it even more and we can start to stamp out all this horrible abuse basically and then next year we might be ready as a country to win <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that there's always been jealousy and I think there's always been the underclass or the underdog or whatever. 
Um, and generally what you find is that uh, the people who they troll other people in any way, shape or form and, you know, anybody that is out there, you know, in, in any in any public way uh, will get people who come up against them. And it, it even happens to me. I mean, look, I, it's, not, it's not like I have a profile like Marcus Rashford, but I have people... Um, you know, frequently who will pop up and they'll say something, uh, you know, to try and ruin my day. And it's like, oh, you know, do you know what? Like, where does this all come from? You know, I'm out there trying to spread good feeling, goodwill, um, you know, be an inspiration to others. I'm not, don't think I say anything that's particularly controversial, but you do get, when I say haters, I mean, you do get people who that just, prick something in them it just makes them feel maybe their own inadequacy or something and then they just decide that they're going to take it out on somebody because they're having a big day a bad day and um you know if you're in the public eye in any way shape or form then you are just a target for that and it's actually nothing to do with you most of the time and i think that's important to remember that it is all about them and not about you and there are always going to be well, if you say bad people in this world, there will be people who they behave badly. Um, maybe they haven't been um, exposed to the kind of influences that we have. Maybe they just, you know, they're just not interested and they just rather be bad. I mean, look, uh, but we, our job is really to try and protect people as leaders, try to protect others and support others from being um, against, uh, stand against uh, that kind of abuse. And also, you know, to protect our, ourselves in as far as we can. Uh, just by remaining neutral and just by remembering, look, hey, it's all about them and it's not about us. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it is. I think it, half the time when people say things, it's very much some kind of deeper reflection of themselves. Um, definitely. Yeah. And uh, it's funny when people do it online, though, because that it's like, you know, if they've got a gripe against you, and now they've just put this comment on, which is, <laughs> you know, right. I, I kind of like I, I just want to send a message oh thanks for commenting because you've really just helped push my message out even more they don't realize what yeah. they're doing <laughs> I know I know it's, it's it's true yeah yeah so so I think I mean we are on a mastermind group together aren't we Matt and yeah. I know that this kind of comes up as a regular topic and I've I mean, it's Rob Moore, isn't it? Who, who, you know, he talks about yeah. this, and obviously, he's got a very big following, and so you know, he he's got all sorts of tricks and tips up his sleeve. And one of the things that he does is, if somebody starts trolling him, he actually gets their telephone number and phones them up out of the blue. I don't know if you remember him saying that, but uh, because yeah, yeah, he does because because people are very rarely, these keyboard warriors are very, very rarely the same in real life. And they're usually quite timid people. So if you really put them on the spot, he said it, it works a treat and it actually stops them in their tracks. So um, I think that's the thing to remember. People feel, if they feel disempowered in their life, somehow the online environment gives them an opportunity to feel more powerful than they really feel. So, you know, maybe we should just have compassion for them and just say, well, look, uh, they're hurting and that's why they're trying to hurt me or hurt, you know, whoever it is. Um, and, you know, they are one of those people that just splashing around in their own pain and trying to trying to get drops on, get all the splashes on other people. 
um, again, I'm smiling and nodding. It's, it's one of the things we uh, I teach the children for anti-bullying. Uh, we most do a lot more school talks. Is yeah, we should uh -huh. feel sorry for bully because they are hurting inside. Um, but I just I just remember the post I seen the other day, Jane, and it was um, a local restaurant. It's such a nice bar and walk and some someone had just decided to put this one star review for whatever reason but this is a you know one of the nicest restaurants in in Chowton where I, I live and they posted it out they said thanks for your one star review and people went nuts it was like what what are they talking about so they, <laughs> they turned it so then they suddenly got you know the, the the reviews they deserved and then this whole post of like how great it you know that that plate deservedly so so you know negatives can be turned into positives um can't yeah, they it's always definitely. great so in, yeah yeah in business as well as life De definitely yeah definitely it's, it's always yeah. a learning moment oh thank you so um i mean we've talked about the ups and the downs and i think thank you again so much for sharing that jane because i think it's quite important and a lot and you probably the, the same a lot of people in business and entrepreneurships we've, we've been like this and you know we felt a, a lot i found a felt a real rock bottom at some point in our life and something oh i had this ha ha moment and now we're doing what we're doing and we're enjoying it and it yes it's don't get me wrong it's not all way <laughs> unicorns and leprechauns dancing around me you know i still have my <laughs> great <laughs> image <Yeah>. unicorns <laughs> and leprechauns <laughs> leprechauns riding on the back of unicorns yeah. <laughs> i love it <laughs> but i find it very inspiring to you know i never like to hear a bad story but I, when i you know when you hear about how someone's come out of it it's it is so inspiring. So anyone's going for that moment, hey, good news is on the way. <laughs> Better times are, are about to come. But um, I'm just interested to find out what's been your biggest win, say, within the last 12 months. Yeah, well, um, for me, um, as I said, I've been doing this property stuff for a while. So, you know, the fi financial stuff kind of tends to, it's a bit like buses. It comes all at once or not at all because I, you know, I introduce um, high net investors to uh, development projects usually. So that's a very kind of, uh, you know, I always get like little hits, you know, from those bit of money lands in the bank account. So that's kind of nice. Um, but really, um, in terms of my uh, my own personal direction, really getting my ideal client success program off the ground has been has been great, you know. And I I've got really really deep into the um, you know the marketing technology, um, which is something that you know has been relatively new for me. And because I am a marketer, because that is my background, um, I built this incredible um, I'd say like power team around me. So. Um, really a kind of tribe of really, really influential people. And we do things like we collaborate on Clubhouse. So we have a room on Monday night that's called Stand Up, Your Difference, Rise Above the Noise. So some incredible kind of influencers, really knowledgeable experts in, you know, different social media platforms and so on. So that's been amazing. And, uh, you know, it's been really, really fun to do as well. And then obviously I've launched uh, this program and now I'm working with, um, you know, a group of, of mentees to help them, uh, you know, get their products uh, online, uh, develop courses, um, build funnels, um, get it out to the world, build a kind of digital ecosystem, if you like, around what they're doing. And 
what's really lovely about that is their passion, their enthusiasm, their excitement, because in a way um, they know that uh, this is the thing that's been holding them back. And I think this is very, very common because, you know, once we, if, you know, if we're in the, let's say, training and mentoring space, there's a lot of people that they know how to get out there, how to get online, how to do social media, how to do those tweaks and tips and hacks. But really scaling um, a business like that, and I know we were talking about this earlier, it does require, um, it requires, let's just say, mastery of the tech and actually building out uh, the right type of ecosystem to really move the needle on your growth. So being obviously a business growth expert, so that's something that I did for all those you know years, I'm very, very sure-footed around that. So I can spot when people are, you know, they're focusing on the wrong things or they're, they're really um, fiddling in the foothills where they should be actually going over there instead. So I help them with all of that, but also this thing about uh, actually creating that infrastructure to fuel their growth. Um, that is the thing. I can see their faces light up. And of course, you know, it's great to be able to, to help other people do that. So I've really been having fun with that. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. That's kind of answered my next question, the challenges you've got coming up over the next year or so, really, yeah. Challenges, yeah. So the challenge for me um, is really just to build out my business as a fully systemized selling machine. Um, and that is the thing that uh, because, you know, I know what to do because, because, as I said, with my marketing background, I know all the different approaches that people take. And I know which paths lead to which patterns of growth, let's just say. So um, it really is just kind of building, 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 building. And the creative stuff and the technical stuff, they have to kind of go hand in hand because obviously your, your messaging and your uh, product and so on, they have to withstand the pressures in the market and there are new people piling into the market place all the time so unless you've got a really good product and a really strong product that really is very clearly articulated and actually genuinely helps other people then you are not going to be able to scale so I mean fundamentally you have to be able to communicate that but beyond that uh, there is there is the, uh, the the tech piece which is a lot of it is to do with interpreting the stats and the data and um, you know putting the right tech in place and you know, you doing all that stuff that involves, you know, things like APIs and, and Zapiers and all of the very, very, very uh, heavy tech stuff that is keeps a lot of people stuck in the foothills of their growth as opposed to actually confidently scaling. So, you know, I'm scaling my own business whilst helping other people scale business. But obviously, I'm further ahead in my journey than they are in theirs um so yeah i i think that's when you have when you run a training business you just need to be further ahead really you don't need to be at the top of the mountain of course if you are then you can charge premium prices and you can you know run huge groups with hundreds of people in them and that's all fine but uh i don't aim to do that i aim to you know really support people in quite a sort of bespoke way for now and um yeah so that's that's it yeah, did I hope no, that answered your question, Matt? Yeah, no, I love it. I, it uh, one of the things I I always say: the rising tide raises all ships. So you're you're oh. rising up, and yeah, it, and I think it's important because it shows that hey, I haven't just stopped here. I, I'm growing, 
come with me. <laughs> yes. Um, Yes, exactly. So, I mean, I invest very, very, uh, you know, heavily, really. In, and I have done in kind of mentors, in trainings. I've spent a lot of money on some very technical, uh, you know, trainings. And, um, of course, when people work with me, then it, what it means is that they don't have to spend that time. They don't have to spend that money, too, because I've actually uh, I've done it. Um, and uh and so I'm somebody very, very all in on my business. And I think one of the mistakes that people often make is they try to systemize and they try to get to that kind of laptop lifestyle thing too early. And mm. I really do, um, you know, to me now, I can see the difference between people who are genuinely all in in their business and they live and breathe it every single day and people that are trying to cut corners um, because it just shows in the end. So uh, I think what people know about me is that I am very, very much all in and very, very committed, not just to my own success, but also to the success of, uh, you know, the people that I work with. Because as I said before, the quality of your relationships dictates the quality of your life. So if I don't have my ideal clients, then how can I possibly preach that to other people? So, yeah, I've got some got some great people that are doing some great things. And I got to say, Jane, I think uh, every mastermind you're contributing in one way or another, even if it's just a question, uh, you're always there. And, and, and it is, isn't it? It's just like being in that environment, like you said earlier, it's people that really want, you know, you, we want to grow, but they yeah. want you to grow. We want yeah. them to grow. We're, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the, the power of masterminds are, you know, they're, they're really, really powerful. And I think when you get into those kind of, uh, you know, let's just say the higher tier, the sort of paid masterminds, that's when you start uh, being surrounded by people who are genuinely very serious, very invested in their business. They are willing to back themselves and you just get a different quality, uh, you know, caliber of, of person, really. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I've loved being on the brand marketing mastermind, uh, you know, with you, Matt. I've actually won it, uh, which is why I'm I'm still on it because my prize was a, a, you know, another another year, and so I've been very privileged to have, um, you know, won that prize, People's Choice Prize, which is always very nice. It's the best one, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, but, but I've, I've really loved it and I've got so much value from it and I've met some amazing people, done some podcast interviews like this one that we're having today, got some great uh, podcast guests uh, from it and yeah, it's been inspiring, definitely. Oh, 100%. Um, we're just going to finish up very shortly, but I just wondered if you had, um, if you could revisit your, you, you might have already said it, but if you'd visit, what, what advice would you give your younger self, basically? Yeah, so I mean, it's got to be all about connections. So um, always be clear about your purpose or others will use you for theirs. Oh, that is good. You like it? Yeah, that's yeah. a mic drop right there, Jane. <laughs> Shall I say it again? Hey. Shall I say it again? Yeah. Always be clear about your purpose or others will use you for theirs. So yeah, that that is that is my mantra. And um I wish it had been my mantra from a very early age. <laughs> Simple but powerful, isn't it? Uh, uh, the less is more. 
<laughs> definitely very powerful um <clears throat> i'm just going to finish up but it's, it's uh, apparently it's bastille day in um france today what uh briefly what does independence revolution mean for you in your own life yeah so bastille day marie antoinette uh who famously said let them eat uh cake or something didn't she yep so so basically um the bastille revolution was all about uh, it was an uprising really wasn't it against uh unfair wealth and privilege and and of course people being starving really while there was this uh you know massively lavish kind of example of um you know wealth and privilege going on alongside so i mean that happens all over the world as we know still today um and it's very very sad that it does because really i think the people who are most privileged in our society have a duty right and an obligation to take care of people who are less privileged than them so for me uh bastille day just uh yes it's it's about sort of uh, the freedom of expression for sure um but it is also a reminder that um you know we we are all connected to one another we all have a responsibility to our fellow human beings and all the most famous philosophers you know across the centuries have always said the same thing i mean john donne back in you know the 15th century he's a famous poet he said no man is an island we really aren't so um you know for me bastille day if i think about it it's really just about look we we have to take care of everybody and we have to never take our own privilege for granted and just use it for the the good of the world rather than just to enrich our own family perfectly said again jane thank you so much for that um and it, it you're absolutely right we, we all need each other even if even in business um like we need competitors because how would we manage everybody we just wouldn't yeah. be able to do it yeah so we do, yeah we need all that um and that's why collaborations i think work so well and um rather than trying to compete against people so yeah in in, in many aspects in every aspect so yeah you, you hit that was brilliant beautifully said um thank you so much for coming on today jane um very quickly how can someone get in contact with you I think I've put some links in the comments, but please put some more in. Yeah, so uh, my email address is jane at janebaylor.com. Um, if you go to my website, which is www.janebaylor.com, you can see all of my links, my social media. Um, I'm, I'm active on social media, so LinkedIn, Facebook or whatever, just send me a message. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, please also check out my my podcast. I hope to interview Matt soon on there. And I've got some amazing guests. So, um, you know, feel free to head on over there, iTunes, Spotify and and so on. Um, so, yeah, uh, love to love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to subscribe to the Smart Podcaster. Um, yeah. I know you've had some amazing guests on there and it'd be a pleasure to come on. So thank you so much. Thank you again. Uh, thank you so much, Jane, and for sharing everything you've shared. The, some great words of wisdom, some great key takeaways there. Um, so thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, everybody. I'm back next week. I'm just testing out Wednesdays uh, for the live. Of course, podcasts will always be out on a Tuesday. So don't forget to subscribe. And of course, yeah. share.
Definitely, Cher. Yeah, yeah. Thanks ever so much, Matt. It's been such an honour and a privilege, and I really appreciate you inviting me, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Perfect. Perfect. I'll speak to you offline in just a sec. Peace. Love, everybody. Bye-bye.